and welcome to the Tetris Addiction Clinic. Dad and Sons. You are welcome here. All of your addictions from Tetris to Battle Royales to other puzzle games. Anything that has been haunting your dreams. Like most recently, Tetris 99. You are welcome here. Joining me are my fellow addicts slash doctors. Mr. George Biedman, Professor George Biedman, PhD in getting pissy about free puzzle games. I just want to open up to all of you and say it's been very hard on me, but I uh, I, I do aim to uh, start here and and try to uh, have have get your 90 day chip. Try, try to discover more important things that that I can I can hopefully use to fill this hole in my life that. Tetris has destructively been been corroding around the the hole it's been expanding and 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 tearing if you will and of course we have the guy who we don't really we don't know why he's at the clinic cuz he, he inevitably hasn't played Tetris 99 cuz it's not mm. his jam Mateo Matthew the hola. visual hola how's everybody how, doing today how how is your your addictions sir how how are they oh they're they're fine Addicted to fine. addicted to the hustle, correct? Yeah, that's more like <laughs> <laughs> definitely addicted to the hustle. Yeah, addicted to to paying to paying the we bills both, with jobs. We've both been working a lot, haven't we, Matt? Yeah, both been working a lot. Unlike long some, hours, some professors out there. Mm. We've been at this. We've been at this clinic day and night. What mm -hmm. have you been doing? Welcome to Dead and Sons, where sometimes we talk about video games. Yeah, George. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> two two of us two of us have jobs, George. So what have you been doing? Uh I won Tetris ninety nine twice. Twice? That's fairly impressive. There is a method to the madness. After after last week's initial rocky beginnings, I I am happy to report that I believe I have learned the tricks. I have learned the mechanics. It's it's a little easier to, to piece together in my head what's going on when that huge stack comes in that makes you lose. But but at least now I know that how to be on the other side of that stack and uh, just just how fast and difficult and and brutal this thing is for for what it takes to actually win one of these matches. It's weird because uh, after hearing you play, uh, complain about it last week, I of course was, I was like, "Well, I gotta check this out now." You know, I have a Nintendo <laughs> subscription. I gotta check. What it doesn't sound like the kind of game I would enjoy, but by golly gosh darn, if I didn't download it two nights ago and have pretty much not stopped playing it, it is very addicting. I'll give it you that. It is very addicting, and it's. It's addicting for stupid reasons, because I don't know how you feel, George, but I feel like until it gets to, like, the top 20, I just feel like I'm playing Tetris by myself. Wow, that's cute. That's that's adorable. You little, you, you sweet then, summer child. And then when it gets to the top 20, it's like a John Wick movie where all of a sudden just shit starts happening yes. and that gets insane. But, it, yes. but that delightful hit that you know is coming... Is always really exciting to deal with. It's like the final boss of at the end of a Tetris stage, if you will. Okay. Well, I. Oh boy. I have not won yet. I I don't know how to explain this, but playing it like you're playing Tetris by yourself is not how you win this one. You have to get weird no, with this one. No, I know. 
I have watched countless videos, but even when I'm trying to hurt other players, I still feel like I'm basically playing with myself, by myself. I was going to say with myself, by myself. But I still then, feel like I'm playing the game by myself because I'm dealing with other players' junk and then just flinging ooh. whatever. Whenever I get a Tetris or at least three lines, that's when I start trying to think about it a bit more. Right, and it's not that long until that comes in. Like, I'm surprised you're saying yeah. that it's a nice, calm, relaxing, fun time playing the top 20. When I play, it feels like I break through the top 20 in, like, 60 seconds. Because the game is so fast, and you can rematch so quickly, that it's just not stressful. If I go out at 99, that's fine. If I go out at 34, that's fine. If I go out in the top 20, I'm happy as well, because I made it to the top 20. That happens more frequently. Like, tonight I was playing it before we started recording. I at least got 12 out of 30 top 20 finishes, and I got to... Eighth and sixth, which are two of my highest. So. Oh yeah, six, six. That means you got a dose of it. Did you hear the um, flight of the bumblebee? Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. If you hear that, you just have to block everything else out of your mind. Pay attention to nothing. Like, like, stick your caffeine IV into your arm <laughs> and just cross your fingers and hope that the other players aren't as good as you. Because that that song means that death is imminent. Death is coming. Yeah. That's the last song you hear before thing, you die. The only thing that's demoralizing about that part is when you get to, like, six oh, and eight, oh. and you hang around and you watch how long it takes for the other players to get eliminated. Yeah. And it's like, I go out at six, but it's like another two minutes before a winner is declared because those other guys are able to just deal with that speed and so much that and winning a game must just be like, unless you are like a seriously good player, is like half being paired up with 99 other pretty average players. And also just being pretty good at Tetris yourself, which I am and, not. And speaking as someone who is good enough to win a random ass matchup of this thing at least twice, like this is this is not my this is not how I play Tetris. This is not how I want to play Tetris. When I think of Tetris, I think of um, of course I think of the Nintendo DS, but I think of my high school graduation ceremony where I kept the same game going for like three hours throughout the day and this isn't this isn't that this isn't a meditative activity to do in your pocket this is a competitive white knuckle race that lasts seconds not minutes let alone hours and i i i, I feel satisfied now that i've won my my two the thing is now i feel like i'm hooked i just still don't feel like i'm like actually enjoying ah, i'm smacking the microphone and everything because of because of just how mad it makes me sometimes when you get that dump of junk all of a sudden out of nowhere and that's i'm surprised earlier just before the podcast you said we'd get into it you said you think this is a tight well-designed game yeah. when i think this commits the grand sin of whether or not you have fun being dependent on how good the other players are rather than yourself. But you're talking about every multiplayer game ever made. Eh, no, I feel like that's what a lot of strides have been made recently with games like Overwatch and Apex Legends, like being able to keep lower skilled players um, well, with active roles. Well, I played Apex roles. Legends a week after it came out for two hours and lasted maybe seven minutes in my longest match because the game had already progressed way too far past me being able to just get into a match and learn the game. Whereas 
that that's just kind of like online games, especially when it comes to battle royales, which is so weird to be talking about. A Tetris game that is a fucking battle royale game at the same time. It, this game starts off with everybody dealing with a pace at which the most normal average of players can deal with and it is like a good minute before players can throw a lot of junk at you for you to lose your shit and for it to become um unman uh, become unmanageable basically so it always gives players for every single match it gives them like 30 seconds to a minute to be able to become accustomed to what's going on and there and it helps players to ease in and there's a lot on top of that that allows you to sort of once you figure things out you're able to sort of deflect your uh deflect other players attentions on you and so you can just sort of keep to yourself but you can also go aggressive it's mm, there are just so many little factors about the design choices they've made with this game that are like fuck that is smart like, building a Tetris Battle Royale game, like, there is only so much you could have possibly done, but this is really fucking smart. I think they could, uh, use a harder limit on how many players are able to target a single player at once, or or, or adjusted the speed for, for the junk additions during the, the final ten. I mean, I appreciate that they're experimenting and everything. It's been, it's been a quirky time figuring this thing out. I just... Yeah, and everybody had to do it because the game doesn't come with a tutorial or anything. <laughs> yeah, really, really could have used a tutorial. I didn't even know what KOs were for ages. I was like, is that like... Um, pe like, I, I couldn't really tell if it was like people are about to fucking be KO'd or if it was like something else i just could it was until i asked someone specifically what it was i didn't realize also didn't realize you can use the left stick to actually just aim for people you see anyway yeah it doesn't make that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things. no it doesn't you and you shouldn't be looking at the other games going yeah. unless they're red and flashing and then you're like oh shit go for the ko or go for the badge when someone's got a shit ton of badges go for the badge i mean is that something they could have accounted for like like i can't look outside of the screen too like like i can't really get a good gauge on what the other players screens no, look like no you absolutely can't and that's the thing and there's always going to be like a delay on what actually is visually <laughs> happening on their screen and also the information that's being sent to you so having that right stick short like menu where you balance between just allowing the game to automatically pick another player for you going for people who are obviously more skilled and have the badges or going for just fighting back against players who are attacking you it's fucking smart. Are you it's really sure? smart. Like I can't, I can't see what's going on. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what to expect and what else is going on out there because my we, eye is we, glued on the you, blocks. Yes, and it depends on which speed you're going at. But that's just what's going to happen in Tetris anyway. You've got to manage between the two. Um, but there is something where. Like with attackers, for example, like if you have like people attacking you, you can quickly like follow the lines. Like the lines are there for you to see, so you can look at the other players and see how much like a, is going to expect to you. But then on top of that, it just shows you like the level of blocks that's right next to yours that you're going to be lifted up by. So you can sort of pre-plan for that. There's a lot of like little bits that in a game like this where you couldn't really do anything else. Like there's no real way to be able to give the player information without cycling through 99 full versions of the game screen so they try and balance that out by doing smart design decisions that do give you visual feedback 
Um, but it is difficult because it's Tetris and it moves really fast. But it's a free game. It's a free game that just works out of the box and is like really fun and addictive and stuff. It's, well, it's great. I mean, you gotta pay your Nintendo subscription dues. Yeah, but it's like even if you think about it that way, if you like got a free, if you didn't have the Nintendo subscription, you could play a free Tetris game for seven days, and then if you liked it, you could just pay three dollars and have it for a whole month. Well, then it's, it's not really free. No, but. Oh, like we're talking like it is free if you think of PS Plus games as free. I okay no no I don't think of those free either because that's just letting the marketers win. Yeah, well I we're arguing George semantics again. So so another piece of George semantics I want to bring up. There is a uh, fight FGC promoter and a player named James Chen who's uh, supposedly like like doing the commentator. One of, one of the best at, at Tetris 99 right now. They say uh, via tweet, they're sitting around a 37% win rate in Japan. And uh, James Chin says, I still think I should be doing better. Too many unnecessary executioners. Eh, sure, fair enough, that's on him. Though some matches you get dogpiled on and there's nothing you can do, LOL. And that, that's on the game design. But what, what's, what's the problem with it? Like, yeah, it's, it's on the game design, but what's what's the problem? What Like, it's just look at the draw. It can happen to any player. It's not necessarily negative to you because it's negative to all players. So then everyone has a bad time? Well, eventually everybody, by the amount of games you play spread against the amount of players, everybody will have some bad times. It's not going to happen to you every single game, but the chance of it happening is the same as... It can happen to every other player in the game. It's not like, oh shit, I have a bad internet connection, therefore the game just locks onto me, where there would be like some excuse or reason as to why that happens more frequently to you than other players. But considering that chance can happen to any player playing the game at any time, it's not a negative effect. It's just look of the draw, which happens in video It happens in games. RNG. It's basically just RNG. There, but it, but it, it, I mean, it it isn't really RNG about the players locking onto you because every time a player clears a line, then if they're on random, it moves the player cursor over to a different player. It's just how things will line up sometimes depending on what's happening. Unless you do implement a rule that says, like, no player can be targeted by more than four players at one time. But it's part of the game rules. Sometimes you have to deal with a lot, and sometimes you don't. You can spend a whole game and get into the top 20s with basically no junk thrown at you at all. It's just look of the draw, and it happens. I... I don't... Okay. But how would... How, how would... Luck of the draw is something that like good game design tries to mitigate. Like in Overwatch, you can play as a character with a giant ass crosshair who just like sprays bullets of the enemy's direction, and so players without a lot of like precision and timing and twitch skills can still contribute. How would you fix it though? How how would you fix it unless you change the game completely so players can't be targeted by more than four players? Which means players with badges who are dealing more damage because when you get a badge, you deal 25% more damage, you deal 50% more damage, and then you deal 75% more damage. Those players, if they're especially good players, will only ever have a maximum of four players targeting them, which is quite a manageable amount of junk no, to deal with not. if you're a good player. If you're a good player. So it's always just advantageous 
to good players when the whole point of the badges option is to balance it out and have more players targeting those with badges to get them knocked out so then it evens the playing field. First uh, first thing I'd change is, is just straight up slow the speed with which junk lines come in once the game's in the top 10 or above. Cause, uh, you can't do that though. Why not? Slow, slow the speed down of like the whole entire match? Because, yeah, because the, that's not how Tetris works. It doesn't work like that in Puyo Puyo Tetris either. The game speed carries on and junk just comes at you. That's just how the game has always been. Well, this is this is like the Resident Evil discussion, isn't it? We're going to go on this for like another 10 minutes, aren't we? Yeah, I don't... Hey, hey, Matt, how's... how's... Uh, yeah, how are you doing? How's everything? How's how's your, your, your state of mind? Are you interested in playing Tetris? No, absolutely not. Don't. I said before, I don't, I don't like Tetris. You remember Tetris Attack? I was just like, eh, no. It's not worth it. Okay, okay, actually... Is this one just Tetris, though, Matt? Or is the Battle Royale implementation piquing your interest a little more than Tetris Effect? I'll watch it, but I just know that I just... I'm, I'm not good at Tetris, were, I guess? Yeah, there were some pretty fucking clutch videos going around on Twitter of, like, dudes who are, like, fighting for the top spot and the, the amount of insane shit they have to do. Ugh, there are some pretty cool videos of yeah. it. When, one thing I do want to bring up is that this reminds me of a very awkward conversation I had once during the first few years of college. Where I was standing around somewhere bored, probably playing Tetris, either on my phone or the DS. And someone um, uh, uh, asked me, um, hey... Did you ever have any siblings growing up? I believe it was when I tried to play a competitive game of Tetris. And I said, no, why? And they said, I can tell because you don't know how to play multiplayer Tetris. Wow. <laughs> it was like the most specific and presumptuous judgment I've like ever heard in my life. Apparently people who have siblings know how to play competitive Pass Tetris. Pass around the Game Boy? Yeah, yeah. They link up their Game Boys with their siblings and... And and play the the multiplayer modes because because dealing with junk is something I'm not not used to. I'll admit that, that last week I was learning how to deal with junk for for the first serious times, but um even I feel like at least winning two matches should give me some like credibility here for my theories. I mean you're obviously pretty decent at Tetris if you've been playing it and you've got. A couple of wins into your belt, but I mean, you've you've just played Tetris, though. But those players who had siblings, though, they're steamrolling on me. Well, I don't know. I have three <laughs> siblings, and I think the only thing I ever played competitively as a puzzle was Pokemon Puzzle League, which was a paneled upon Tetris Attack knockoff Pokemon game. So Tetris Attack on the the Super Nintendo, right? It's not actually yeah. Tetris. It's like a block flipping puzzle that's yeah. different. Paneled upon, as it's. Cold. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why they called it Tetris Attack in the in the West. I don't know. If you don't have blocks of four, and they had Yoshi on the front cover. Ooh, yeah, y Yoshi, the the puzzle game paragon of Nintendo for a short while. Yoshi didn't have like the classic <laughs> Yoshi side scroller until quite a few years after the introduction of the character. Anyways, what else do we want to talk about? I I played some uh some other games this week other than, than Tetris 99. <laughs> I've only played Tetris, so I'm kind of out of this. What what's Matt been doing? Is Matt What what is this? Now, now, now Matt's back in yeah. the 
in the mm. hustle the hustle game. Let's wake Matt up and, and and get him talking about this ape sex he threw on the outline. Yeah, ape sex. Um, ape sex. Wait, ape sex? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Matt just typed it in the outline. The reign of Matt going through like PS4 games to catch up with <laughs> everything is going coming to an end. Ape sex. <laughs> wait, wait. Ape sex. Can we can we guess what game that might be before you? Okay. If you can't guess it, then you need to be off this podcast. Hmm. I'm just letting Eight? you know right now. You get one guess, George. Uh, Deus Ex. Oh my God, Liam! Please bring it home. Oh shit! Uh, w- uh, did it come out last year? Can I have a clue? Is that right? Okay. Oh, you get clues. I was just thinking no. of things that rhyme. Ape sex. Ape sex. Think oh about it. Ape, Ape sex. Ape sex. A- Abe Simpson sex? Odyssey? Okay. Abe Simpson sex. Um, uh, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to get this right. Um, it came uh, out recently. Like 2019 recently? It came out recently, yeah. That's a bit too early for you. I've been playing it. You know that I've been playing it. Oh, uh... Oh my god, I should have gave it away. <laughs> King, uh, do I just give it to you guys because you, you guys are struggling here? And wait, both Abe's, Abe's sex, Assassin's Creed. I don't fucking <laughs> focus on how how everything is spelt more than it's it's a play on ape, a p e space. Oh, Apex Legends. <laughs> oh. Apex, Apex. Apex. Ape sex. Ape sex. <laughs> Everybody's going to be fucking screaming at us. Right? <laughs> do you do not know? Well, like, what do I... I don't have time to play... Uh, what was that ape game? The, the Where you ape catch escape. apes. Ape Escape. Ape Escape. Ape Escape. I don't got time for that. <laughs> what about Monkey Ball? Have you got time for Monkey Ball? Oh, Monkey Ball. Oh, my God. I remember Monkey Ball very vaguely. Speedruns of that game are fucking great. Yeah. Anyway, tell us about Apex Legends. Tell, tell us about the other Battle Royale. Is it, is it holding up? Wait, wait, haven't I talked about Apex before? Oh, we no, talked we about did, Apex we already. We, we went into it last week with, uh, with Jim Sterling. We, we talked but... about it last week. Yeah, I, I'm still playing it, basically. I, yeah. I like it. I, I think uh, my losing streak cut into my, my ego too much last week. <laughs> and I haven't. I, w- I want another game. That's fine. I haven't, I haven't loaded it up since. So, so how's your win rate looking? Uh, um, only two. Only two, but I haven't been playing the last few days. <laughs> I haven't had time. But uh, all last week I was playing. Like, so you broke, you broke your second place streak. Yeah. How many wins do you have? Do you two. have more wins on Apex Legends? Then Tetris, then, absolutely. Then George has on Tetris. No, we had the same. Two. Ugh, damn. Two. I've reached second multiple times, though. Like, multiple times. So, what about this um, dynamic Jim Sterling and I were talking about where we tend to do better with randos no. than with friendos? Were you playing with friendos? Yeah, I, I rather play with uh, at least one friendo. Mm, okay. Um, I, I played with Patrick a bit. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Japan, Patrick. Do you communicate, or do you just do you just use the in-game communication tools? Um, a little mix of both. Enemy oh, here, okay. and I'll do the like the little click thing. Uh, um, what button have you put the enemy here ping on? Because I think I'd minimize. I, I could 
Yeah, I could definitely do with, with changing that binding. They want you to double-click the, the middle mouse by default, but I'm afraid of accidentally slipping my finger and mm. switching weapons. No, no, mine, I don't have that issue for some reason. So what's, what's, what's some critical uh, learning developments? What, what, have, what have you figured out that's gotten you those two wins more reliably than, than on week one? Um, probably lowering my sen uh, sensitivity. Really? Like, I, because I used I play on controller because I'm getting older. Actually, yeah. You know, I don't play on keyboard and mouse all the time. I like to sit back, get the controller out. You know, I, I play Titanfall too, the story mode with a controller because it just felt better. Um, and I'm used to it. That's that's how I grew up with um, playing Xbox Live and Gears of War and and Halo, Halo God. Three. That game is so good. Oh my god, I miss it so much. Uh, it's so I good. miss it so much. I, I miss How that era. How do you feel era. about the movement? Do you feel like the movement is pretty similar? Obviously, you can do slides and stuff in Apex Legends, and you move pretty quickly. But no, it's it's not. I guess it's not similar in in the way of like the cover system or anything like that. But it is similar in the way um, it makes you feel. Like it feels like you're moving. I feel like there's a there's a pace to the game instead of it being like clunky. Like a lot of games that I play, I feel like a lot of games I play. Like people rave about it or whatever, and I was like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like there's a flow. Um, Apex feels like there's a flow, like the sliding, the the um, the downhills and sliding in between enemies to kind of throw them off, like. Um, everything it it just feels feels good it, from the from the beginning. You don't have to be a pro in order for it to not feel clunky, you know, um, and slow. Uh, even though some of the characters are really too slow for me, I really I can't do that. Um, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't play them. Who's your main? It's because they're really too slow. Who's uh Who's your favorite Apex Legend? I want to unlock the other two characters for sure, but I have been playing Wraith a lot. And um, Wraith and the Soldier Woman, the Black Soldier Bangalore. Woman, Bangalore. Yeah, um, I've I've tried Caustic. He's he's slower. I don't know if you'd like him, but the gas is fun. Yeah, I, I think I might try um, Mirage. Mirage. Yeah, Mirage. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's a fun game. I'm I'm glad it's uh, you know. Given some 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 respawn some money, you know, <laughs> because respawn it makes some good games, and it sucked that Titanfall didn't, you know, get a lot of money. I bet they're very happy right so, now. So, speaking of of battle royale games having mm -hmm. smart dynamics to them that are supposed to boil up the funds of upper level skill play for lower level players, one of the things that I do want to argue is like a big dynamic to Overwatch and Apex in terms of rejiggering their difficulty to be better for lower skilled players is that just drawing the bad guys fire is a good contribution to your team that exposes enemies for people who can aim and shoot to, to shoot them. Like if you hand Overwatch to people who don't know how to play games very well, within a couple hours, they'll still like develop uh, uh, ideas for how the strategy works that don't necessarily require super fast, twitchy 
childlike reflexes. Yeah, you see, well, like, I respect Apex Legends a lot, and I, from what I played of it, it was fun to move about, and, like, how fast you move, and how quick the game goes, and there are ways to balance out, like, dying and still being able to be in the game, but, like... Seven minutes was, like, the longest I lasted in two hours of playing it f- to begin with. And it just, like, is like, ah, I kind of don't want to do this. Which is fine, which just is fine. Just run around looking for weapons and die. I die really easily. And then, ah. It's, it's not for everyone. But so long as, you know, you're, like, picking stuff up off the ground so other players can't get it, you're still contributing. Well, you're moving, yeah, you're moving really, like, fucking... Uh, this is my problem with, like, I don't know how anybody could ever play PUBG again. Yeah. It's, it's the same problem where you could just die so oh, quickly. Yeah. It's, just, it's just rendered obsolete, I, I think. It's just so boring to move around, whereas Apex Legends, you move around incredibly fluidly, and the, mm. the map is fucking designed so well, and but still it suffers from the problems that I don't like about those games and why I don't really play them, because I would rather play... And this probably goes from the fact that I was playing Battlefield 1942, or 43, I forgot what it's called, landing at the office recently, and just playing pure deathmatch, and being able to just die and jump back into a game and kill some people and, and die and jump in again was, it was still fun. Still a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been neglecting Apex for a week and I want to go back. Just like, after, after, I, after I get this RE2 video out, I'm going to binge it for, for, for a good couple fun. days. It's you die, you get back in a match. You die, you get back in a match. Like, and I always but you head don't for really, the you. You die, and then maybe you get revived. Maybe someone brings you back, and then you have to like all disconnect from the server if you're in a team, or you have to wait for your team to die, and then you go through all the stuff that you're leveling up and all that kind of stuff, and then you have to like on the menu press ready again and then jump into a game again. Wait, what, what? Is this, what is this seven minutes you were mentioning too? Like, are you are you diving down into the hot zone every match? Like, right off the bat? I, I only played for two hours, then it was like I was just trying to learn the game. <laughs> what? Like, I think, anywhere I went. Oh, you I click through killed. those stuff? Like, I skip all of that. Like, I don't, I don't read any of that. I just press leave match and go to the next game. I think we need to get... It still prompts a lot of stuff, though. Matt. It's not like a deathmatch where you died and then you just, obvious, of course, just respawn in the game and I, play I again. I never look at it. I just press, like, leave match and I literally go back to the main menu. Or maybe I'm just used to just pressing escape. I don't know. You're not going to be able to buy anything with that currency until like you hit at least the eight hour mark. But yeah, I think I think what we need to do is get get Liam in in with uh with our duo someday. Yeah. And and show him the way. I will. I will get you both killed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just gotta fix your aim a bit. That's if, all. If losing is fun, my though, is, then my that... aim is not the problem. I think it's my awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, if you run around for seven minutes and get shot, then uh, me and Matt will uh, shoot whoever's shooting you, and that means you'll be contributing. Yeah. Well, if you guys can, like, get my, what is it, dog tag or whatever? And Banner. And beam it up into space and yeah. bring me back? Yeah. I love that system, by the way. If, yeah, if you die in Apex Legend, you can just click around on your phone and cross your fingers. It's so fun to watch, to spectate your teammate bringing your your banner back to uh, the spawn point too. It's just like such a such a breath holding moment. You're crossing your fingers, like, oh, I hope this meter fills up. It feels so tense. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. like um, that moment where I just grabbed all both of you guys and went back. That was 
Like those are good moments. Yeah. It's always creating these like these little side moments within just just you know, other than just getting shot. Yeah. I I, I like them. Yeah. I like I, those <laughs> moments. Uh do you guys want to hear about the Shadow of the Colossus remake? Yes. Um Blue Point got a publishing deal with uh, SCE Japan Studio to make dreams come to life because I guess that's what SCE Japan Studio does after uh, getting getting from software to make a potentially unprofitable dream of a Souls game and, and give it a vampire theme. They got um, Blue Point to do a remake of, of, of the cult classic, one of like the original big budget art games, one of, one of I think, a, bi- a big installment that made a case for games being art in the first place, that came right at the end of that PS2 development era where Japanese developers actually started keeping their source code around for projects to um, get like the best remake studio in gaming to remake one of the best PlayStation games it's in gaming. It's a remake? from the ground up or is a port no no it's a well remake remastering i guess i could call it a remaster more than a remake because it's not like like they didn't visually redesign the game so much as like because added in a lot more detailed assets that fit the original style okay re2 was a remake man i don't know anymore these days it's hard to define it but the colossus looks like a remaster yeah no it's not a remaster because they released a hd collection oh they did that's right a couple of years ago and that was a remaster this is from a ground up all of it is of course they've taken the heat maps of the previous levels and try to one-to-one fit it but it is like a completely rebuilt Really? On the ground up game. So so is there source code? I'm I, not sure of that specific. Okay, I think this actually brings up a great debate. And that is, right now I feel comfortable calling the RE2 remake a reimagining, but I'll call it a remake to keep conversations going smooth anyway. RE1 remake, like, that's a straight up shot for shot remake of the original with better graphics and better mechanics. The Shadow of the Colossus thing, like, that... Since it it looks and plays almost one to one to the original, like just better fidelity. Like I would call it a remake, but not to the extent of either RE one or RE two remake. But I don't know if I'd feel comfortable calling it a remaster either, because it's so much more than just blowing the game up in high def. Like it looks, oh, it looks good now. It looks so gorgeous now. Like uh, if you blow up Shadow of the Colossus on an emulator into HD, it, it's going to look gorgeous regardless. This is just, like, bumping it up to 11 almost. I can't believe, like, uh, just how how well-directed the, the shot composition looks. Like, the way this game's camera system um, makes uh, uh, the rule of thirds apply to your gameplay. The way it, it pans upwards to the sky to keep your character down low with a big zoom out. It, with with the new assets that Bluepoint developed, it's postcard this, visuals the whole way is through. Is this the first time you've played Shadow of the Colossus? What? No. Well, I played the PS2 a couple times. Oh, okay. And uh, I played on emul- emulator a couple times. I never did the PS3 remasters, though. Good times playing that game. Yeah, I, I also think this, on top of, like, uh, arguing about what we want to call various degrees of video game remakes, this is also a good reminder that it makes a lot more sense to do video game remakes than movie and TV remakes. 
Like, all the past few years, you hear so many controversies and negative reviews over stuff like uh, Netflix Death Note. Um, they just put out these trailers for, for the Will Smith Aladdin live-action remake, where, where he looks weird in the costume. Uh, they just announced a remake for Your Name, <laughs> which is going to be really weird. Apparently, it takes place in um, the United States, and the two characters are a, a Native American person and a city person. And that's how they're going to incorporate all the trippy mysticism that happens in that movie. But... The past two years of video games I've been playing have involved a lot of remakes that are fantastic. Like, Fire Emblem Echoes was a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden. It was fantastic. Uh, RE2 make just came out. It's fantastic. I spent the weekend playing the Shadow of the Colossus remake, and it's fantastic. There are so many good video game remakes coming out. I remember last gen, everyone was... Uh, a little gripey. I, I, I wasn't gripey, but there were a lot of fans who were gripey over how much um, remasters were being released. Nowadays, it seems like a lot of hard-ass work from the ground-up remakes are being released to a lot of praise and not a lot of controversy, and that's really cool to see. Uh, I mean, I'm down for cool remakes like Resident Evil 2. I just don't want it to be every game oh of course I, I think this is a great way to get a new team going the time fact scale has been a bit wibbly wobbly recently like you'll have games like that came out in the playstation 3 xbox 360 generation that will have remasters for playstation 4 and xbox one it's like, i think it's too soon to remake shadow of the colossus maybe not shadow of the colossus like two generations and it's kind of a masterpiece itself like it's fine. But there are some, like, you know, some PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 titles that are, like, remastered or remade. Well, not remade, just remastered. Oh, it's... oh, I know an example. Bulletstorm. Yeah. <laughs> no one asks for a remastering <laughs> Bulletstorm. It's a good game, though. We, we yeah, still got it. I know what it. you mean. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'd, I'm not going to let that sully the pile. Like, like... Movies and TVs are such game. a much more subjective art form. With games, you have we're still in a in a phase of technological development where every couple years makes eh, I hate the word, but like objectively more playable games than the previous generation, and it makes it it just makes so much more sense to to do a remake of a video game than than a lot of other mediums. And uh, like I briefly mentioned on, I think this is a good way to get a new team going. Like a lot of times, the remakes don't even have the original staff on them and still end up great regardless. Well, fresh eyes and fresh perspective is very good when you have you'll usually have somebody on a team who has some experience with the series or has a passion for wanting to bring that project to life. But fresh perspective on all the things is always a good thing, really, unless you're a bit too drastic with it. I remember when um, Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes came out, there was uh, there were some reviews that were lamenting how it might be too soon for a Metal Gear Solid remake and how how the, the level design um, with MGS2's camera controls and, and shooting controls didn't make for a very challenging, interesting set of rooms like in the original. But, but now it seems like the ethos is... <laughs> Not changing, still keeping the crappy controls and cameras of these original games, as is in the case of Shadow of the Colossus, but but bumping up the graphics to uh, more more faithfully replicate the fantasy being evoked, and uh, tends Wait, to they make people that? happy. It's still, it's the com the controls are still kind of trash. 
I don't know if I'd call them trash. Like they're evocative of of, of stumble. <laughs> not that it's not intentional trash. Oh my god, <laughs> it's intentional. It's because in, uh, you're climbing a damn colossus. Like obviously, like it's not supposed to be easy. You're not supposed to be like, okay, I'm gonna hold this button. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be annoying. Your character is a is a bumbly, clumsy, yeah, <laughs> disoriented fuck. Who yeah. <laughs> uh, is is a small puny mortal getting tossed around with this conflict between gods and colossi over over a beautiful like like kind of original sin myth sort of setup. Oh, it's a great game. There's purposes behind the the camera and control being I, I, yeah, being part of the fight. I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Like with no doubt, no with no doubt. So. It just looks good, is what you're saying. That's it. It feels good. It sounds good. It's good. So nothing has changed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I want to say it's better or worse. Like, the original game has a distinct look to it. It's a lot more uh, washed out and heavy on the bloom, um, partially because of the trends and limitations of the time. Bloom! And the new game has a... Wider, less cropped aspect ratio. There's, um, it's not bright and vibrant and colorful, but there's a lot of flowers and in a and a bluer sky that make it look like it should be. Like it's still, they both. Mm. Does the I world still look empty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the idea. Yeah. You're in like a mythical realm where where all points of the world extend in in the four directions and. And it's like inhabited only by gods, animals, and and people, and it's 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 the mythological primordial. You're trying to explain the story here because that story is trash too. What's trash? About? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think, I think you're just trying to get me to. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I want to play it again. <laughs> I would love to play it again. I uh, game flight it, so it's not. Not a big big monetary commitment. I, I can't wait to, to get all the way through it, feel the feels, get the tingles. No. I was thinking, speaking of Gamefly, I wanted to gauge your guy's opinion about something. I was thinking with my PlayStation 4 basically dying and on its way out, I'm reluctant to buy another PlayStation. Mm. Well, I'm reluctant to buy anything because I'm poor, but... I've kind of been thinking, like, the Xbox Game Pass seems pretty enticing now. Because mm. um, I don't have Gamefly, but there's like lots of games I want to play that I've not had time to play. Speaking of trash, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Crackdown 3. Oh, you... The only good part of Crackdown is Terry Crews. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's got its merits. You just gotta, gotta adjust your expectations. Man, I remember when that first came out on Xbox 360. Man, people were going oh, nuts, man. Yeah. I had you could have the Xbox 360 play your tunes in the background, have like Linkin Park's hybrid theory yeah. <laughs> running around, yeah. Crackdown, Good Charlotte, yeah, Pavaroach, Fallout Boy. Oh thing. man, those I don't are the know days. Why. Doesn't even no matter how hard to keep try, that in mind. Keep that in mind. Design, 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 explain in due time. Oh, oh I, I no. Time is a valuable thing. I Watch the time go. Watch the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The life takes life away. So, 
Unreal. Unreal. It Don't didn't look, look down below. below. I snuck over the window. Right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm trying to say is that those lyrics are a song about Crackdown, because Crackdown's always been a like lightweight, shallow time waster, and it seems like everyone forgot. What did you say about In the End by Linkin Park? Yeah, for real, man. People forgot? Stop. Are you kidding? No, you, no, no. Chester no. just died, George. No, okay, God. okay. Reviews for Crackdown 3 just came out. And uh, they're mixed. <laughs> and it seems to depend on whether or not the reviewer is, like, expecting a real serious, polished, um, um, emotional experience. We should experience. mention our guest of last week categorically despised it. <laughs> really? Okay, so I guess I guess this 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 folds into what, what sort of expectations might get you to like Crackdown and might not. Basically, expect a shallow time waster like Crackdown's always been. Yeah. Yeah, with, with like the announcer guy being evil constantly. It was just like a, a you're awake, awake at night and have nothing to do kind of game. It was like comforting to have in the background when when I was uh, like working my way out of high purchase. school. Not a sixty dollar purchase. I wonder if if I'd feel justified spending sixty dollars on a lot of games these days. Well, that's why I think about Xbox Game Pass, and I think about how is that like is that good value for money? It's like what eight dollars a month, and like games like Crackdown Three get add, added to it immediately. Let's see, they just added yeah, Crackdown Three, The Blob, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Like there's like a good like two hundred games on there now. That's gonna be like pretty good. Wait, right? you get all of them? You don't have yeah. to. Or does it just start your collection like with PS Now when you sign up? Yeah, that's no, what I'm you, saying. Yeah, you don't get no, all of them. Yeah, you do. Don't you? You have access to download any of them mm -mm. at any time. Mm -mm. No, it's it's when you start. Enjoy unlimited access to over 100 great Whoa. Xbox yeah. 360 titles. Yeah. Whoa! It's it's all what? of them. It's like okay. it's like Netflix. It's like the their version of Netflix for games. So and you can download them. And oh. play them well, locally offline for a month see before if you I'm, um, get this Xbox. Get a I mean, forget this PS4. The... Well, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, I'm thinking like, well, I, I don't. In Japan, nobody fucking plays an Xbox. No I think does. they sell like okay. seven a week across seven the whole. Week. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the Xbox bargain bin. It's not. It, it doesn't paint a very positive picture. No, Anyways, it really does not. Uh, I just pasted into you guys a, a link in the Skype room to uh, the list so we can see what they got here. Xbox Game Pass, you get mm, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Banjo-Kazooie. City Skylines. Okay. Bayonetta. Dead Rising 3. Oh. It, Fallout it 4. Know. Gears of War 4. Gears of War Remastered. Halo. A lot of Halo. Halo Wars, Halo 5, whatever Halo Spartan Assault Ooh, is. Halo Wars is really good. Um, oh, Layers of Fear, a, a Matt Visual favorite. Wait, wait what? <laughs> Limbo and Lumo. Oh, they got Homefront, The Revolution. That's a good game. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot here, but... Mass Effect 1. Um, Overcooked. A lot of... Love old stuff. Perfect Dark Zero is on here for some reason. Sonic and Knuckles. For some reason, there's Metal. Oh my god. For some reason, there's Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, but not Metal Gear Solid Five. Saints Row. So yeah, there's like a, a Shadow a Complex. Okay, collection of of let's say like upper sevens and upper eights from the past five years, and then like nines from ten years ago. For like $7 a month, though, it does seem pretty fucking good. Yeah. Sunset Overdrive is a good time. 
Yeah, I can't argue yeah, with man. the $7 Not a month. Not enough people played that game. DMC Devil May Cry Definitive Edition. Which apparently... I don't know. People still argue over that. I don't know why people argue over that. It's a good game. I-M-O. So, okay, if you can find yourself a cheap enough Xbox, maybe a few months of going through this library wouldn't be that bad of a deal. Well, yeah, if you're getting pretty new games added to it, and then, you know, you just buy other games normally. Sounds like a pretty good deal. I don't know. King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match! Send us, a, send us an email if you have this, and it's worth the money. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Banjo-Kazooie! Yo, this is like, out. Like if you haven't played some of these games, this is hours and hours of fun here. Like, they have all of the Gears of War franchise here. Listen to, listen to Mr. Marketing putting in his skills. Oh my god. I mean, <laughs> I will happily Stop say it. that the X-Bone doesn't have a lot of exclusives that appeal to me, but my god, it has a back catalog that should appeal to a lot of people. My fear is that my PlayStation 4 will die before Sekiro comes out at the end of next month. So you want something to play it on? Is it coming out on X-Bone? Uh, no, it's a PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? Uh, let me look. It's like Bloodborne. Imagine not have, having had played Bloodborne. No, no, they they have X-Bone and Windows versions announced. Oh, According oh. to Wikipedia, let's see. Oh, well... <laughs> yeah. want to doubt Wikipedia. The game is scheduled to be released for Windows, PS4, and Xbox on March 22nd. That is it just is... that PlayStation have, like, the exclusive, like... I guess PlayStation must have the exclusive marketing, because they get all the exclusive boss. I guess. You know, I, I, I want to briefly reignite one of the weirder questions I, I threw at Jim Sterling last week, and that is that is how many decades video games have, have left. I don't know if, if they're going to change into something fundamentally different if the idea of consoles go away. Because nowadays, there's so many multi-platforms that, like, like Sekiro, that, like, market themselves as first-party exclusives, but it's not really in anyone's interest in the game industry anymore to be making exclusives. Like, they're sold at a loss. And yeah, but it's 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 good for the studios that make them because it's guaranteed yeah, cash. True. <laughs> I, if, if they can get that deal, it's always a mm, it's always on the publisher or the console publishers uh, whether it's going to be like uh, a hit for them or not. But that's the risk you got to take. That's why Microsoft are buying, snapping up so many studios. Now they've made, what is it, the Xbox Game Studios family or whatever it is, including the Ninja Theory and all those other studios that are a part of that. I, I feel like eventually the risk is no longer going to be worth it and the console manufacturers will decide to manufacture something else and... And, and, and the world will get increasingly weirder. I don't think games are going anywhere. I just, uh, maybe, the way you think about them. Yeah, like, if I you definitely... If you Twitter, there's like 5,000 games that come out a day. I, I feel like I am foreseeing... I feel like a lot of us are foreseeing the end of, like, TV as a medium. But I feel yeah. like I'm specifically expecting the end of consoles. Yeah, and... Yeah, definitely within our lifetime. But I don't know, man. That like the ten to fifteen year window doesn't even look look bright well, for them. There's there's just technological convergence going on that has outmoded them in several ways. Is that because you're thinking about it from a progressive standpoint? Where oh, if games can't be progressive and pushing the boundaries of like power and stuff, which has always been the only reason new consoles have mm -hmm. ever been made. 
Yeah, but uh, why? Why is that a problem? Uh, because smaller like it, and more ubiquitous devices like cell phones and mobiles are both taking the place of big expensive hardware and markets are showing that mainstream normies would rather yeah, buy... Yeah, but that's not going to affect... That's not going to affect games being made, though. They'll, they'll get like, made for the weird new devices and weird new ways. But that's fine. Like, as long as you can plug those things on your TV with a controller, I mean, I don't particularly see any difference. I don't have a vested interest in PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch being the only consoles out there i you know yeah i don't think consoles are going away anytime soon i still feel like there's a place for them for sure this year we're gonna see the playstation 5 so not, not everyone has money to buy a pc mm. not everyone has the newest phones but, either oh, uh, but you know that like there's lots of publishers in the video game industry who do who like want and foresee mainstream video game playing devices utilizing streaming technology that cuts down on the cost of hardware it's mm. i i don't know yeah, it's gonna yeah, get weird i don't doubt that the console manufacturers will go anywhere i just think that consoles themselves are are gonna merge or standardize or get incorporated into some other medium I don't disagree with you but the switch is like current living proof that there is yeah that they're not going anywhere well the, i think the, that's because the switch is a good example of an evolution of what we think of traditional consoles exactly it's not it's not a big expensive black box you put under the tv no, it is kind of sort of a mobile that tablet much different to you is huh? it that much different is I, it that much different from as, like okay. do you think of the switch as a different device to the xbox and the PlayStation 4? I mean, as, as like, hardcore invested gamers, I think we should be able to notice the differences in the market strategy Nintendo is tackling this generation. And Nintendo's always... Especially compared to the last one with the Wii U. The Switch is... Nintendo's uh, always been different to the two other ones. They've always been like that. It's nothing new. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Like, they've always been massively different. They've not ever aimed for the same market, really. I feel like the Switch is the first time Nintendo have ever really aimed for the same market that the other two have. There's a lot of games that get ported to Switch that also come out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Whereas, like, during the 360 and PS3 gen uh, generation, the Wii U didn't stack up, so it was on its own. And then when the Wii came out, it was like PlayStation and the PlayStation Move trying to catch up, and it was the Xbox Connect. Nintendo have never, ever gone for the same market these two have. They've always kind of set in their own weird place. So I don't, I don't see their marketing strategy being any different. I see their marketing strategy as evoking an era where portable gaming might become more popular than dedicated set-top box gaming, and that's kind of what I'm hinting at. Is that like the hardware is going to be different? But you see, in every Nintendo advert, they're still like, they're making sure you know you put it in the dock and it pops up on the TV and you can play it at home. Like, there is yeah. still that big push. So, I don't. It's just know what... it's an evolution of. That's why I don't think when you say a game's going to go away or console's going to die, I don't think they're going to die. You're just going to see more evolutions like the Nintendo Switch. Which is the first example. I, I, I think eventually we're going to see a generation of kids who don't think games are cool. Whoa. I mean. I doubt. Oh, yeah. We, far in the we, future. All, decades. All three of us. All three of us grew up in that era. <laughs> and and eventually we're going to seem like crusty. It wasn't cool. I meet people all the time where are like, oh, I, I just, I mean, I play 2K like all the time. <laughs> 
Like, there's just some people who are just not into game. It wasn't until, really, I think, like, if I'm 100% honest, I don't count Pokemon's fever as being, like, cool. But when Call of Duty and Madden and I, I don't want to say those cliche games, but that was when it drew in an audience yeah. that was... Cliche. G- g- including people who were... The plebs. Not traditional gamers. Yeah. Gaming yeah. has only really been, like the not the cool thing but just like the most popular form of entertainment within the last like 10 years i think and like streaming i would love for for it to become a streaming service that works but everyone doesn't have fiber optic and everyone will need fiber optic and and as as the decades roll on considering how much the world has changed within our lifetimes I don't know if I reliably want to expect a lot of the institutions we are accustomed to now lasting all the way into the ends of our last lifetimes. And that includes video for, for starters. That definitely includes like TV media. I mean, that stuff is really going out on a generational basis. People who are like 40 and under statistically do not subscribe to cable TV in the same numbers as previous generations. And it's harder to imagine for me to predict right now, but I don't expect consoles to last the rest of our entire lifetimes. But like, this is what I'm thinking of when, when I'm like, are video games as we know them today gonna be the same thing when we're crusty old farts who are no longer Mm-mm. on top of the cutting edge? Mm-mm. It is gonna be different. But games are still gonna exist, though. In some form. But I wonder if, if like even big TVs are gonna be a thing like if people's living units keep getting smaller then uh where, where are people gonna have time or, or room to put a tv if they live in their tiny little coffin cubicle in the cyber apocalyptic dystopia of of neo atlanta in the 2080s you oh know my god. oh my god yeah yeah he's going crazy someone stop him you're not gonna have room in your in your in your little capsule house <laughs> In, in in the cyber trash district VR, of, of, man. of your VR. I feel like you're fucking attacking me. My internet shit, and I live in a capsule, so you do live in Japan, which is like a cyberpunk dystopia already. I'm already living. I'm already living in the future. I'm already living in the future. Yeah. My internet is shit, and I live in a capsule. People <laughs> live in tiny apartments. They spend all their time at work. And video games are still a big, uh, a big deal and a normal way to glean entertainment to keep one sane over there. I mean, Matt is also working his ass off, but he's not in Japan. Yeah. He's just living that Japanese life. Sooner or later. Vicariously. Yeah. Get ready, everybody, to, to work hard for <laughs> not a lot of money for, for the next few decades. For your gruel. Starting at some point in the future after... After the the economic and political troubles following this break. Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information purification directives. We have created for the first time in all history a garden of pure ideology where each worker may bloom, secure from the pests of a contradictory force. Powerful weapon than any fleet or army on earth. We are one people with one will, one resolve, one cause. Our enemies shall talk themselves to death, and we will bury them with their own confusion. We shall. 
4th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Hello, and welcome back to the clinic. Oh. oh. Ouch. Whoa. After this morning's session on addiction to Tetris and ape sex, mm-hmm. we're now going to delve into a therapy session for this afternoon about just general goings-on in the world and how they can affect us and our lives in joyous and both miserable ways. Mm. (laughs) Starting off brightly, we can delve a little more into Nintendo and giving us lots of cool games to look forward to. There was a Nintendo Direct last week that um, we we only briefly were able to touch on uh, with uh, with with Jim Sterling around um, um, screaming about about pigs getting inflated. Uh, I briefly screamed about the Link's Awakening remake. Um, yeah, no, this thing is a really cool Looking opportunity. Good. It's it's a real cool yeah. opportunity for them to. Uh, channel their their 2d zelda experience recently with a link between worlds which was fantastic fantastic do it with one of the most fondest remembered zelda stories i think link's awakening is is something that'll adapt really well to modern times in terms of being able to throw in foreshadowing and themes for for a story that has layers and I I can't believe I didn't want this. Like it's a game I haven't even thought about for a very very long time, but it makes a lot of sense for for this release window on this system for this particular just, year in yeah, history. Yeah, just just give it to me. Like I I didn't think if someone had told me that was going to be in the direct and it's one of the like leaks, I'd be like, yeah, sure, it'd be fine. But then <laughs> saw that trailer and then it's like Ooh. it's like between two worlds kind of. Art style with some Mario down. in there, with some like Mario. Oh, yeah, and Goombas it's like, are there, just just like in the original and, game. And Chain Chomp, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, ah, oh, and the people complaining about the art style are the same fucking dicks who complained what? about Wind Waker's art style like fifteen what? years ago. It's like, what? how do you complain about this? How do you complain about this art style? It looks like toys. I know. Eh. I kind of get the complaints. Oh I just don't know God. if I like oh. agree with them wholeheartedly. Here we, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I remember when they announced... It's your um, boy. Piss on the fire, Weedman. I remember when they announced <laughs> Link Between Worlds and they showed some some revealing trailers. The, the complaint was that they were uh, uh, taking... That they were decreasing the amount of stylization in favor of a more... Uh, a g- generic uh, modular format like the new Mario games for example um, and in which characters are, are very flatly shaded flatly colored smooth lacking in detail but it has its purpose I don't know I didn't end up minding it as much as I thought I would when I was going through Link Between Worlds like everything you know my argument to that would be that everything's clear and easy to see because no, that's, that's what I that. got out of like, it like it's reminiscent of two games Nintendo have made between two worlds and Wind Waker, but can you honestly tell me that it looks the same as both of those games? Or does Not it look quite. like its own game? It looks every, everyone looks like a soft plastic toy in this trailer. Yeah, that's what's so great about it, and that's like where a, the stylization like comes from. It is 
reminiscent while also being its own thing and like very recognizable mm. and looks so clear and sweet and it's a remake of a Game Boy game. Yeah. It's not going to be Breath of the and Wild. As as this I played great. through Link Between World, I ended up getting struck by and actually enjoying how many of the assets are designed to look like straight rips of Super Nintendo sprites. It was mm. really cool seeing that weird-ass looking blobby spidery tree, except from an angle that makes it look like an actual tree. <laughs> it looks like, like, I'm watching it again now, and it looks like little plasticine figures moving in real time. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. so, okay, oh. okay, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that, like, I kind of understand the logic of the complaints. I just don't know. I just, but I do not agree with them. Like, I, I am not complaining. I just, I just feel like I get I it, don't, is all. I don't understand why the, why the logic would be there. You're remaking a top-down Game Boy, like, Game Boy game. How else are you going to do it? People complain really? about everything. <laughs> True, but I guess the... Very true. Oh my god, it, it, there's, there's it looks answers. so different from the pixelated garbage on Game Boy. I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> the, the artwork in Link's Awakening on Game Boy was like real cutesy and toyetic. In the, when they uh, that was very clear and very it it, it worked well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When good. when they re-released the game for the DX version, I, I think there were some story scenes where everyone is chippy like as the fuck. Giant just think about the giant, like, plasticine windfish that's going to float in the sky. It's going to be great. With with mm. a, a glare of the sunlight in the background, yeah. with the lens flare oh. that's reflected oh. on some fong shading on the windfish. Almost sexual, how cool. Yeah, the song is probably going to gonna be some real cute orchestral version of it that'll, that'll give you tingles. I, I think they should, you know, delete that and remake it as, like, bravely default bra- graphics, probably. You know, where it's just like a <laughs> pixelated link going around hitting Goombas and stuff. Yeah. You know what I hope? I hope they have a uh, hero mode. That's what that's what floored me so much about Link Between Worlds was the uh the the difficult mode where where I had to like actually pay attention and, and be cautious and worry about death in a Zelda game. It's been a long time. Thankfully I bought the game used from a GameStop where the previous owner had the had that difficulty mode unlocked for you from the start. And and I I, I I really appreciate that stuff. Like the hardcore mode in RE2, they let you play that from the beginning for for people who've been playing this stuff for thirty years. And I I hope that they have an extra mode like that in this remake, and that it's available from the start, at least through some cheat code or something at at that bare minimum. Because I would want to play through the game the first time on on the hard mode, whatever whatever they can conjure up for it. I just want to. I always just want to play this game in portable mode on that Nintendo Switch mm. screen. Yes, yeah. mm. that's another mm. reason why why this remake mm. makes a lot of sense is that uh, Nintendo has uh, has has broken from the typical you know video game console strategy of of making increasingly higher power, more expensive machines for a TV and gone to a more portable thing that you know kind of breaks the trends of, of previous market establishments. And this is a portable Zelda that they're remaking instead of a home one, which makes sense for the platform. It makes so much sense. This makes so much sense. I mean, you say that, but then you can also play the biggest Zelda ever on the same console. That's what so the beauty sense. of Switch. Uh, it's the beauty of the Switch. What well, else? You got Super Mario Maker 2. Mario well. Maker 2. You get, you can have slopes now, right? Right? They they announced that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can have Finally. slopes. Finally. Oh man, it's about time this game came to Switch. I wonder if they're going to be doing campaigns. I 
because I, I I had a copy of Mario Maker One that was uh, mm. provided by the you know your friends at the Completionist, um, and I you stopped playing see it after playing a couple it, times, right? I did, but I can see myself playing it a lot more on the Switch than on the Wii U. Yeah, Do you know what's that. really funny? I feel like I'm going to play a lot of other people's levels on this, but I'm not going to make as many levels because nah. the Wii yep. U gamepad was so perfect for making levels with the stylus and having like the duality between the screen in front of you looking like the finished product and also having all the tools on the gamepad. Whereas on the Switch now, you you have to use a controller, and it's not as intuitive. Still you have, have to use a touchscreen. Touchscreen, right? I just don't know if they they pack the. But you can have your own finger in front of it, and it's a bit ob- it's a bit uh, obtrusive. Yeah. Whereas like the gamepad was perfect for making levels, but it was on the Wii U. Whereas now I'm gonna play a lot of other people's levels. But I'm probably not gonna make unless it is almost as good as using the stylus, which I doubt it's gonna be because the stylus was just so good. For designing levels, it's good. I'm I'm probably not gonna make as many levels because it'll just take double the time. I think. Also, I just wonder how much they can do to justify Mario Maker Two, because uh, slopes was a big missing feature from the first one, but it still doesn't feel like something they couldn't have thrown in with a content patch, campaigns or something. It just feels like there's only so many places to go. What? There's like whole new tools. You've got new settings, and and to be fair, you've got an infinite amount of Mario levels. So it and it, it would be the same price anyway. So why not just make a sequel that's better? Yeah. It's gonna be full price, even if it was just the port of the original game. So I'm I'd rather them make it a sequel and justify doing a lot more to it. Uh, what's I want next? Super Mario World. I want Super. Yeah. Mario. Astral Chain. No, Ass Chain. Astral Chain. Apart from the terrible title, I'm down for a fucking cyber cop platinum game action Bayonetta crossed with Vanquish title. I I like how 1996 our heroes look. I I thought it was like like anime characters. I thought it was going to be Xenoblade Chronicles because that artwork is so very similar to like Xenoblade Chronicles X art. I was like, because oh. usually Platinum don't really make anime games; they make Japanese-looking action games that don't like Bayonetta doesn't look like an anime, and even like the Wonderful One Hundred One doesn't look like an anime. Vanguard certainly like doesn't look like an anime. Like, like, uh, uh I wonder, like, I, Wonderful full, 101 full definitely anime. looks like toys. Bayonetta yeah, kind of seems yeah, like a more anime. abstracty anime. anime IRL aesthetic. Uh, it still doesn't look like anime. Whereas this is like full on, we're embracing the yeah mechs mm-hmm. and, and like Akira cyber references. shit. And, yeah, and. You oh yeah, yeah. A cyber wolf Their police and... uniforms are right out of Ghost in the Shell. This is this is yeah. a '90s anime homage. homage. They've got like psychopath-based weapons. Mm. That dog too. That dog is a. Uh, they when they were making Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, they they had references to the lead. It was never really popular in the West, but there's some anime where that dog design is a clear inspiration from. Well, they have like uh, one of the. The, I think it's the Trigger Studio mech designers, like who did Gridman and stuff like that, on the team uh, doing the character design. So 
Oh yeah, it's gonna be pretty mech heavy cool. and, and well robotic heavy. It looks amazing though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really interested to see how the combat works out, considering it looks like you're controlling one character and then issuing commands to another. But I don't think Platinum would do it like that. I think you might be able to fight with both the character and also mm. the the robot that you're controlling with the actual. They've chain. been there before. Like Wonderful One Hundred One is a. Uh... I don't want to call it like squad based, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was certainly different though. Whereas uh-huh. this looked like Bayonetta combat, and then they had like the Vanquish slides, and you could like transform, and it would do like crazy dodges and rolls and stuff like that. There's like a bit where a helicopter's gonna fall on the wolf, and he like fucking slides underneath it and shit like that. And then you have all these different chain powers where you can like detach your chain from the robot and then whip it around the. The enemy, there's so much going on in the trailer that looks really intriguing if you know the games Platinum make. So, hmm, hmm, hmm. And last but not least, we have a Hollow Knight sequel in the works. Not part of the direct, but I mean, they announced it on just same day like within the, the same, same hype day. cycle. Yeah, they were they they knew what they were doing with the timing of that announcement. I'm surprised they weren't like to Nintendo. Hey, throw us a bit of money and you can have this one because that would have just fucking that would have that would have made that direct possibly one of the best directs of all time. It was real popular on the Switch too. Yeah, like, I, I believe they made just as much on the Switch as they did on PC. Yeah, I bought it again on the Switch because I mean, it's yeah. that good. It's that good. It's one of my favorite games. So what? So what does our resident bug expert feel about the trailer for the second one? Looks fantastic. It looks What's it called again? Drastic difference. Uh, Silk Song. Yeah. Silk Song. That's it. That's a great name. Oh yeah. Um, HKSS. It's a sequel to Hollow Knight, which I'm, I'm proud yeah, to sign a prequel. Yeah, not DLC. Yeah. Which is what everybody thought. And um, I don't know. I. I hope that the mechanics are good because it, it looks like they're changing it drastically how, you know, like your little bug moves. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's very interesting because she's in the first game and she does the same attacks that you're going to be doing in this game. So it's uh, it's nice to see that. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's coming from somewhere. They're not just like building like a new character. It feels like it's like, oh, you're playing that character now in this same mm-hmm. world it's nice um i can't wait for it i'm i'm usually not hyped up for games but i will probably be <laughs> buying that game immediately <laughs> this reminds me nice a lot of uh yacht clubs strategy with shovel knight like uh they they had their big hit first release and then started trickling out future releases with um new characters in the same world well, that, part of that was small. part of their Kickstarter DLC, yeah. though. They they that was planned. And DLC I for I the believe it ended up not working out that well for them. <laughs> and and I'm wondering if uh, Team Cherry <laughs> is going to be pulling higher numbers behind the scenes by by doing them as standalone releases rather than expansions. I hope so, because Hollow Knight was perfection, and I really it, hope they spend a sell, long time on it's this. It's going to sell bucket loads. Hollow Knight it? was popular. Surprisingly, was it? I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very glad. I didn't see much about it. Like I, I seen like a couple people talk about it, maybe a couple YouTube videos, but it wasn't like what? Are we? Are we? We're talking about Hollow Knight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, the game was massive. Was it? 
I did not. Yeah. I didn't see it. I, mean, I think I missed it. That's what it was. Because I did play the game later. I think the trailer for Silk Song had like fucking 20,000 retweets or some shit. That game is like oh god beyond cult classic. It good, was good, good, easily good, good. one of the highest selling games on the Switch last year. Good. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's me. Hollow Knight. Um, if you haven't played the first one, go go get it. Go get it if you like uh, Metrovania games. Metrovania. So we'll word. get it on Switch. Uh, we got, Speaking of money. We, we got a lot of exciting announcements uh, for new games coming out. And also a uh, l- less exciting, funny bit of news is that... Um, <laughs> is a news story that, that we actually have not touched before on this podcast that was still... Uh, rippling through the aggregators over the past couple weeks. And that is everyone suing Fortnite over dance moves that it turns out they don't own. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro uh, is the most recent Ooh, one. Oh, this is why you haven't talked about it. Okay, yeah, I would love the, to hear your thoughts, George. Let's 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 talk about this. The Carlton dance <laughs> uh-huh. uh, has has been ruled as something that the actor who played Carlton in Fresh Prince of Bel Air does not own, for a few reasons. Um, one of which is uh, well, it got dismissed out of a courtroom, but a. Uh, Registration specialist working at the California quotes provided the er, <laughs> the California qu- courts provided the quotes behind why. Um, basically, since he did the dance for NBC, and the show is owned by NBC, and since he did not market his acting nor character persona in the years since, as depending on that dance as a product he was selling. The argument could not be made that he owns dance moves that are being recreated and emulated by other products. And uh, this is... I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that this is to be expected and reasonable, and I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just kind of mad that copyright law is so contradictory and so complex and confusing and also contextually ruled in many cases that when... When trademarks and copyrights are being argued with bigger companies, sometimes you can just basically argue that you own a color, let alone a dance move. Like uh, with um, with with super big Fortune 500 companies competing across super big industries, like let's say cell phone providers, uh, I I think it can be argued and has been argued, if not in court, then by other legal experts, that companies like Metro Piece, no, companies like T-Mobile own their particular shade of reddish pink that they use in their advertising. And so if another competitor comes up and gets to that level of business using their shade of of coloring in their advertisements, it doesn't count. Okay, I don't know. Matt, you sounded like I was going to say something real, real controversial and offensive no, here. No, I... Well, well, I yeah, I I thought so. I thought so. You said he said funny news. <laughs> so I was like, oh okay, okay. Because it's, it's 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 weird. It's right? funny I that don't... Fortnite is like like literally just like making money off of black oh, dances. Yeah. Like literally just like ripping all of it and making money from it. Like Millie Rock, all of them. Like it's 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 not that it's it's not illegal. It's just scumbaggish. You know, kind of. I mean, there's arguments to be made that these dance moves have superseded their place from the original artists into the popular public culture. But in an ideal world, everyone <laughs> should have an easy, ethical way to make money to make a living with. 
I, man, I don't know if I feel strongly about either side of this news story so much as I just think it's, like, funny. It's just, it's a funny story evocative of our times and how weird our system is. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I could say some really bad stuff, but I, I think I think I should shut up. <laughs> I think I should shut up. I, I, I just... I just don't like, I just, mm, a lot of people like to make money off of black culture. So it's, it's just, it's a little, a little frustrating to see stuff like that. That's all. It's a little frustrating, but I mean, there's nothing they can do because literally it's a dance, you know, but they know what they're doing. Frontier, Fortnite knows what they're doing. <laughs> they and, know they're doing. and this is, this is not, of course, the only dance move lawsuit against Fortnite. Oh, like yeah. we, we haven't gone over a lot of them. I think this is just the most high profile one. But but there are some other 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 YouTubers and internet professional memers who have who have created dances that have ended up in Fortnite. And I guess I don't know, maybe the lesson we've learned from this is that <laughs> if you accidentally make a dance on the internet, you're supposed to trademark it and copyright it or something? Like, is that really where... See, this is why I don't feel strongly about it, is that I don't want that to be the case either. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I... Liam? I don't think I can really touch this, uh, because <laughs> I don't really... I don't really know. From what I... The, what I've read about this is the problems with essentially profiting off culture it is specifically black culture specifically black culture yes <laughs> like most of the dances are hip-hop based dances mm-hmm. or that have come from black you'll artists. see white people creating dances like that <laughs> and the thing is it's like <laughs> that's be, white be people can't dance on, white people can't dance unless it's in Fortnite. so you know no white people but, can dance like, for sure them kids oh my god I'm like, it's, some boys <laughs> and white people know how to dance. But those kids are making black people da- dances uncool. So then white people are just not going to dance because they're like, shit, I can't dance there. I look uncool. <laughs> um, but that's the, the, yeah, and that is definitely a problem, I feel, because you shouldn't be profiting off of culture, really. It's like if like a game stole a load of Japanese culture and was like, ah, every time you win a game, you do, like, a fucking samurai emote or something like that, and then you do, like, a geisha <laughs> emote or, See, or something. I don't know if that's the same. Yeah, no, 400 like years of slavery definitely makes a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, just, I just feel like dancing is, like, it's hard because if you do make a dance, like, you created that. Like, it's the same as a song, right? But like it's not created... as easily copyrightable. Human no, movements I know. And are not ultim- as protected. I think that ultimately is the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. Like, it's, well, a, it's a gray <sighs> area it. where Epic have been smart enough, like, <laughs> let's be honest, because mm-hmm. part of Fortnite's appeal to kids is all of these dances. And why people realize it so much is because they they realize about things like the floss and they know what that is now. It's like a cultural fucking identity mm. associated with that game and that is the problem and stuff like this will maybe set a precedent so if he was successful that would set a precedent about dancing being more copyrightable see like 
I remember, I, I think I just said, like, yeah, that is the problem. You can't copyright human movements. But I'm thinking, like, should you be... A- this is... That's the conundrum did behind Michael the Jackson, whole thing. Like, like, did Michael Jackson copyright the moonwalk? He did Cause... not. Well, yeah. I don't know if he did, but he does not own the moonwalk. Dances have been far more difficult to uh, to claim ownership over compared to other works of 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 art not as dependent on a human being moving their body to perform them. Yeah, see, I just I just don't I just don't know. I can't I can't really all we can learn from this and many years If of, you did of... make something though and then, you know, someone just took it one for one and put it in like a movie or something mm. and made a ton of money, you'd be pissed off. Yeah. It's not unusual to be sued by anyone. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's Man, not that's unusual a bad to sue anyone. <laughs> to screw but when over I anyone. see you hanging round the courts with anyone, <laughs> it's not unusual to see me cry, I want to die. That's the oh, actual well, lyrics well, of the original song, too. Tom uh, Jones is gonna be, he, Tom Jones is gonna live so long that the copyright on his songs is gonna like run out because he's so old. Yeah, no, the lyrics of the song a lot more easy to copyright than a character dancing to the song later. I'm just glad I play yeah. ape ape sex. So, I'm not <laughs> yeah, wait until ape sex starts shit. putting in fucking dance moves, and then you'll then we'll see. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh man, this is happening again. <laughs> oh shit! Ah shit! You guys wanna? All right. Want to answer some fan emails? Let's do it. You know, um, I'm going to um, change my YouTube icon to a bunny. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, bunny. Okay. It, it might similar. It might be similar to you, uh, George, but you know, it's fine. Just and then cool. it's gonna cool. sound and then it's gonna be like a little TV sound. Is that okay? I, uh, like super rabbit hot. <laughs> <laughs> Mega hamster farts might actually become a real thing after all by the sound of things. <clears throat> so, we got a uh, real interesting set of questions this week. First up from Diaz Miatu. Diaz Miatu says, Hello, Peppaws and baby boys. I noticed mm. that all three of you have taken extensive vacations to Japan and Liam even lives there. What is it about the country that appealed to you so much that you invest the time and energy to visit? Do you find yourself passing over all the other countries of the world to return to Japan? Are there any other cultures that call out to each of you and why slash why not? Europe calls to me. Technically, I have never taken a vacation to Japan. <laughs> You've only gone to work? I've only ever g- just lived in Japan. I've never taken a, a vacation to Wait, me. wait. So you made the initial Decision? trip to teach without knowing? I, I moved to Japan without having ever been without here. Without a test run? Holy crap. That is brave. Well? Didn't even get your free trial in. Well, free $1,000 trial, more like. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get my seven-day free trial. <laughs> my 300-a-month membership <laughs> to Japan. Huh. That actually... Why... That's a whole topic in and of itself. I... We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I, I want to ask you on that one, but until then, let's let's go down the, the list of all three of us. Well, I, my question... The question to me is different than it is to you guys. Yeah. Why have you guys come to Japan for a vacation? Um, well, I, I like... I do like travel, and I like to see the world, uh, see different cultures. I mean, you guys yeah. already know this. Um, uh, Japan, I don't know. You, you, you grow up watching anime you grow up watching all this stuff and you're like yeah 
Like, how is Japan really, though? You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not how people really think it is. And I wanted to, like, destroy that, like... And it is totally fucking different. <laughs> this idea that Japan is just, like, some wild-ass place, you know, where, you know, there's anime. Well, technically, there's a lot of anime around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised by that. I, I think... It depends where you go. You're talking about Tokyo. Yeah, we're talking like, about Tokyo. Yeah, We thought yeah. it would be more of a nerdy thing, but it's more mainstream than I expected. That's like going to New York and being like, wow, there is a lot of pizza. I didn't mm-hmm. realize there'd be a lot of pizza here in New York. It's, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> You're in fucking New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Um, I guess exploring a, a culture that's completely different than the U.S. is what um, I enjoy about it. And plus how safe I feel there compared mm-hmm. to yeah. the U.S. Yeah. I I know that's a weird thing to say, but I I feel significantly safer there. Like I can... ask anybody for help like no one's gonna give me like a weird reaction based on any uh, appearance like it's just like straight up just hey what's what's going on like this this and this like it's a different experience to me and i think that's why i enjoyed my time there so much it's a combination of that also and also like a very easy answer to why we talk about japan a lot in regards to dad and sons and it comes up frequently is well one i live here Two, though both of those guys have been here. But three, Japan is next to the US, the only country in the world you really associate video games with. Mm. And with it being a video game based podcast, we're gonna be referencing Japan all the time. It just happens to tie into everything else. It's kind of why it comes up on Dancers all the time. It's because you so especially for me, you associate Japan with video games. There's it's, there's like a big ass Gundam. It's the easy answer. Like a yeah. like Japan does that. Like yeah. our, our you the USA doesn't do that. Like maybe Japan knows and <laughs> and in, in, in like my case I mean god damn they're Is hammering Mr. on the walls. God damn. No, no, it's Mr. Hammering. Um <laughs> it's fucking Mr. X. Someone there I was about to say someone could write a book. Chances are there have been books written. There have been dissertations written about um Japanese pop culture industry growing up in the 90s. All three of us are of a generation where Japan's soft power ballooned in the in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Like Japan knows what it has. Right. It was it was a very actually deliberate strategy that that they embraced as national policy in the 2000s with the Cool Japan initiative to bring up tourism. Nowadays there's a lot more competition from China and South Korea for for Making making Asia's soft power appeal to Western markets, and I wonder if kids don't have that same experience these days. Yeah, and speaking of, like, uh, so we can mute George for a second. Yeah, and speaking of <laughs> the stupid um, hammer, I've I've traveled to a heck of a lot of countries around. I've been super fortunate where I've traveled around a lot of Europe. I've been to like the U.S. I've been to Brazil. I've been to Singapore. I've been to China, and like I've been to a lot of places, and. The best vacation I ever went on and other culture that I thought was incredible was Korea. And Korea is a a wonderful place. Like, truly, if I wasn't going to live in Japan and I wasn't going to live in the UK, because fuck God no, if I'm going to live in the US, I'd I'd live probably in Korea. Uh, Because just Asian culture and, and the way Asian societies are 
in terms of like what Matt went back to about safety and and general like friendliness and and a lot of like Asian culture is built around like socialness like going out and eating every night and and uh, having a beer with your like friends and colleagues like uh, multiple times during the week like being out of your apartment is generally like what Asian life is all about whereas in the UK it's the complete opposite it's like you have your home you build your home and make it really nice because you barely ever leave it because one it's raining or two it's colder and three going out is super expensive Japan is the complete opposite and it suits me a lot better I prefer to be out of my apartment out doing stuff yeah than being at home and japan suits me a lot for that where else do we want to travel besides korea europe europe i i definitely want to go everywhere in europe everywhere 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 why i want i want to go to taipei next actually i've never been italy all that i just want i just want to go like a Italy is a cool. Euro I really want to go to Rome. I think, like, if I have to answer that question, like, the other culture that calls out to me right now, at least, is this history phase I'm going into, where I'm like really into the history behind the Roman Empire and how it like formed a proto Europe of of uh, the colonies that grew up to be the NATO nations, and um, how a lot of the, the the law and bureaucracy shows has shown up in modern constitutions since Napoleonic time. It's like the butterfly effect. So much of of uh, like 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 European culture that 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 I come from, I'm finding is uh, surprisingly rooted in, in in Rome and Greece. And I think I'd want to yeah. go there next, just for vacation. Yeah. I don't know if I could make a Same. tax a tax break out of that trip. I want to travel more of South America. I want to go to places mm. like Argentina and Uruguay and Colombia and places like that. That's what I would ultimately really like to do. Also, while we're speaking of travel very quickly, seriously, if you've not traveled I, like do ever it. and you've never really thought about it, please, please give it give it a thought. Yeah. The news because, like man, traveling is just it's, it's needed. News and history makes a lot more sense after traveling. Because when you go yeah. through border checkpoints, like you see foreign policy in action. When you walk around an economy different than your own, you're seeing economic policy in action. And you don't really, like, there's no faster way to, like, teach the complexities of, of international politics and economics besides traveling and seeing yeah, the results of it not yourself. Not even that. Like, that makes it sound like a negative. But, like, on the flip side of that is, like, you you will never understand why people can be so patriotic and isol and and feel like isolated and live in isolationism after you've traveled because it just doesn't make any sense yeah like like culture will make more sense the language people yeah. speaking forming the voice in their head will be a concept that makes a lot more sense if you immerse yeah. yourself in a foreign culture for a little while not even immersing just tasting like how other people live because to be honest people don't live that different mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. it's just in a different language and things maybe look a little different but honestly traveling is is great just don't just don't take the taxis in beijing unless you know what you're doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. take 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 the taxis in korea though because they are so cheap i couldn't even believe it i traveled all the way across seoul for like five dollars it was amazing don't don't get a taxi off the street in beijing get get one with a phone call or at the airport I can tell you there'll be a hell of a lot a lot less hammering wherever you go. I can't believe they think they're communist. Next question. Wow. Robert R. asks, if you want it, 
Uh, this is a bonus question, actually, that he included. I uh, actually um, um, like the bonus question here. What is an older game that you wish to be remade in a similar fashion to the Resident Evil 2 remake? Not a remaster, but a full new game of the same theme. Well, we talked to, Well, we touched on this earlier in the episode about remasters and remakes. Um, I don't really know. I got one. What? Can you intersect it between? Yeah, <laughs> in between the hammering. I'm going to try like hell to edit this stuff out. But uh, Baldur's Gate 2 remade in the vein of The Witcher 3. Like an over-the-shoulder third-person RPG with really, really complicated uh, cityscapes. Um, man, I wish I could pronounce the, the name of the capital city in, in Baldur's Gate, but Athcantathanchan is, is a huge video game city bundled with, with quests and, and interesting NPCs and interesting townsfolk, and I would love to see it in a more high-fidelity perspective that just brings that city to life. Mm. Too human. Should we make that? <laughs> Keep coming back to the, the greatest game of all time. Um, I, you know, there was this mechanic in Thicker 2 that I, I absolutely love. The Dryad had this poison that would spread across the whole... Um, 20% of the map and kill everything. <laughs> I would have if they could ever make remake a game like that again, that would be great. But like I, I don't think they'll ever do something like that. Where like a whole map was like like that was Just the fucked. world you go through until like you reach the end of that map on the other side. I I, I can't it, it was it was a very interesting game during that time. Probably shouldn't even get remade. Another thing about give it. Him hope. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Probably after not. seeing Wasteland Two come out, uh, uh, sell all right, and get ported across a whole bunch of different platforms. Be different to two humans. I, I mean, if Wasteland Two can happen, I feel like the bars, the bar is wide open for a lot of weird stuff to come back. Definitely Baldur's Gate. Maybe even two human. Well, Baldur's Gate is coming to the Switch, so you know you'll be fine. There's still there's still an active community around it, yeah. So I feel like yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it's one of the most popular PC mm -hmm. RPGs of all time. Dennis Dyack, he's coming back. I would really like. <laughs> I would probably like the Super Mario Land games from the Game Boy remade in oh, like yeah. the new Super Mario Bros. I was thinking about oh. Super Mario, but like those are good. They're weird. Are... Yeah, they're super weird and they have funky art style and it's like <laughs> Warriors first game for number two. That'd be great. <laughs> they're they're like weirder Super Mario Land to Mario is further removed from the main franchise than like Link's Awakening is to the regular Zeldas. Like those are some yeah. weird bizarro Mario games that, that would be fun to take another look at. Yeah, remake them, make them crazy, do it in the like the new Super Mario Bros. 2D art style without Mario looking really chubby when he's tiny. Wait. Yeah, that would be awesome. Wait, are you talking about Super Mario World? Or are you talking about some would, other Mario? Which one did you were you talking about? All of them? I want I, I want them to make the Super Mario Land games from the Game Boy. Oh do, do, okay. Do, do, do. okay. One and two do, do, do. in the style of the new Super Mario Bros. Oh, okay. Because Super Mario World is perfect and should not be remade. They would have a lot of fun with the soundtrack. Hmm. That's that is the best Mario soundtrack. That's a, that's the real good one. Yeah. Super That's Super Mario World. <laughs> All right. Last question, not least. This one is a quick one. 
Aubrey G asks, hey dad slash sons. One of our original daughters. Probably not the most relevant question since this is a gaming podcast, but what are your hobbies outside of video games? Finally, something outside. All right, um, yeah. I like to do stuff, do experiences I haven't done before. Um, like uh, two weeks ago, I went ATVing. And that oh, was wow. an experience. That was an experience, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, I've done quad biking before, but I've never... Yeah, a four-wheeler. Like, full blown. I flipped over the handlebars when I did that as a kid. Uh, uh, I drove a, a <laughs> Honda 450cc, if anyone knows what that is, and um, went over some dunes on the beach. It was wild. It's crazy. They go to, like like 37 the highest 37 miles per hour it is wild to like jump off a cliff like i i, I bet don't... it's it's safe too like if you land on sand dunes that's a that's a soft thing to land on if you fall i did land very weirdly and i got thrown off the bike hit my head so hard <laughs> and uh, the helmet was on so i was i was fine but uh wow yeah. that scares the life out of me never wanted to fall again and I did Still it. Still got the visual. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, incredible. It was incredible. I like. I, I went to sea caves when I was over here, um, different beaches and stuff. Um, thousand foot beach they have here in California, and they have like yeah. this uh, sea cave. If you go during low tide, has like this other beach on the other side um, of this cave. Uh, it's like a little hidden beach. It's nice, and you can take like people go there like take pictures and stuff. It's yeah, just pretty much exploring. Uh, and California just has um, a lot of a lot of places to explore. Outside of video games, in terms of hobbies, I like exercising. I like going to the gym and stuff like that. I really like playing soccer, football. I really like playing soccer when I get the chance to. I used to play weekly, but since I moved to Kyoto, I don't know where I can play anymore. I really, really like doing that. Um, they don't have soccer clubs. They do. They have like these things called futsal clubs, but it's kind of hard to get into them because you have to commit in a truly Japanese way. Oh, uh, that's... Uh, no, yeah, I don't think okay. I can do that right now. Um, on top of that, like, <laughs> I really like. Um, I just gonna sound so cliche, but I fucking I, Japan has some of the best cafes in the world. I love going to cafes and reading. I love love it. Especially since I moved to Kyoto, I go to like a different cafe every day, different restaurant or something. I love getting out. I'm reading in a cafe. I love having an excuse to read in a cafe. Give me your book recommendations because I've nearly finished Brandon Sanderson's The, the Stormlight Archives. And I need more cool books to read. But yeah, reading, getting out. I can't yeah. believe how easy it is for me to believe that Japanese people take their casual sports clubs way too seriously for you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more about time commitment than anything. Like, I take soccer incredibly serious because I've played for 25 years. And I'm Jesus. At, at, one, at one point a pretty, man. Sig pretty significant level. Um, yeah, no, like, in terms of taking the game seriously, I can do that. It's more like the time commitment. They're like, you have to be here on Tuesday at fucking 6 p.m. on the dot, otherwise you can't play. And it's like, well, you know, I've got a job, you know? <laughs> uh, I like cooking. You do like cooking. You do. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a chef for the longest time before I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to write about video games. Um, you still want to be a chef. <laughs> I worked at a cooking school for six years. Didn't mention it back then, but for the first, like, two years of Bunny Hop, I was uh, working in a cooking school as my uh, day job, um, assisting cooking classes, cleaning the place up, helping out the instructors, and... I love it. I think it's a great hobby to get into. I think it is healthy. I think it's frugal. I I think it's it's sexy. It definitely makes dating easier when you uh when you when you cook with your date. I mean, that's the only time I ever find cooking interesting cuz otherwise fuck me it's boring. Cooking in Japan is like the, like they do not build like, as you were saying earlier like the culture is not geared for home life and you can tell because if you compare a Japanese kitchen in a standard Japanese apartment to a, a, a Western kitchen in any 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 Romantic or German speaking language cult, cu country like that ki their kitchens are way bigger they're way more equipped you have a little you have like a single gas eye in most of the Japanese houses I've been to with no barely any, any counter room just like a single gla gas eye next to a sink with some cabinetry around it I, where do you even where do you put your cutting board i i don't I, I it's right next to like my sink it's tiny meanwhile if you look at my kitchen i have the 120 dollars chef's knife that i sharpen and shrew uh uh to keep it going my entire lifetime like you should i have a um a uh, papercrete cutting board, well, papercrete, some kind of crete made out of out of pressed wood materials that, that recovers in the dishwasher that'll last your whole lifetime like you should. I have uh, a, a couple Maytag appliances, a nice a nice gas range, and, you know, no electric, no electric. Can't have can't have that if you want to cook seriously. Le Creuset uh, is all is all up in my kitchen. I got my cast iron grill pans, and uh, I I'm I think I'm good at it. I, I make a mean curry, and curry ain't easy. I make... I can make a good Japanese curry, but that's all I can make. I think uh, the fanciest thing I've ever done was a Japanese-style lunchbox in which me and the girlfriend made um, teddy bears out of rice, out of uh, sticky rice that we molded into cute little teddy bear shapes with little eyes and mouth made out of nori and eggs and stuff. And it wasn't, like, difficult food to mess up, but it was difficult presentation to mess up. And there... There's a picture of that that I'm real proud of somewhere on my Twitter over the last two years. <laughs> somewhere in the ether. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love cooking. I eat anything. I love eating. I love the culinary world. And uh, if, I, if I have to change careers in the future, that is going to be an option. Good luck to just, you. Just wish Mr. it was... Ham, Mr. Mr. Hammer's going to fucking come kill you. Yeah, yeah. We should probably get out of here before Mr. Hammer comes kill me. We need to get out of here. So... But but did you get the, the lever to, to put inside the jack so we can get up to the to the clock tower? Did you open the electrical box to take out the spark plug to place into the dynamite to blow up the cage? While we do that, we have to kite Mr. X back and forth away from these puzzle pieces so that we can reach but, them. But oh no, we caused the bug where there are two Mr. X's. Oh shit, I guess we're gonna die. George, you distract that one. Matt, you distract that one. Well, you can't. They've, they've got the corridors blocked. The podcast is, is die. We're... Yeah! <laughs> If you have any emails, questions, or dad den, although we have had a lot of dad den submissions recently. Oh, we got a lot, we got a backlog of dad dens right now. We got a backlog of those. That's Jim's fault. <laughs> um, please send them to dansenspodcast at gmail.com. 
if you, you know, like the podcast, if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes and rate it. Five out of five. Six out of five if you can break it. Mm-hmm. Um, share it on Twitter. Share it on Twitter. Go to SoundCloud and uh, do the... So no one cares about SoundCloud. Just find the RSS feed and do some good shit with it. What do you but mean? SoundCloud is amazing. SoundCloud. SoundCloud is uh, SoundCloud. 